athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. It's the dopest show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. We got a whole lot to get to on today's program. A lot going on in the NBA. Chris Stapps Porzingis traded to the Dallas Mavericks, essentially for Dennis Smith Jr. of the Mavericks. But not not just essentially, because at the end of the day, the Knicks also get two future first round picks. I mean, that's a lot. You know, Porzingis, when when healthy, I mean, he was a really he's a really, really good player when healthy and it's it's a trade I, you know i mean I, I think it's a good trade for both because what it does for the knicks it frees up um some cap space for free agency for the summer um for them and then also what it does for the mavericks it get well once uh porzingis is ready to rock and roll i mean it gives them a a, a bona fide star in the nba to go along with luka Doncic, who's having a you know, a really good rookie season. So I thought this was a good trade all the way around. Also, I mean, DeAndre Jordan comes um, to the Knicks and the, and the the Mavericks get a couple of other pieces as well. We're going to break all of that down. Also, I'm going to give you some thoughts and we're also going to get the thoughts on the Anthony Davis situation from Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media. He's going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Virginia State, 17-3 on the season, 10-0 in CIAA play as the Trojans going to be in action on Saturday, taking on Lincoln of Pennsylvania. And in six seasons, as the head men's basketball coach at Virginia State is Lonnie Blow Jr. He's done a tremendous job at Virginia State a couple of years ago, Virginia State winning the CIAA Tournament Championship. I mean, he's won everywhere he's been. You look at what he was able to do at St. Augustine's. Um, you look at in between the time he was at St. Augustine's and Virginia State, he was an assistant men's basketball coach at Old Dominion. I believe it was his second stint at Old Dominion. And Old Dominion, uh, under his tutelage, particularly defensively, and you can sort of see a trend. If you look at St. Augustine's, they play defense. If you look at Virginia State, uh, they play defense. And at ODU, I mean, you're talking about ODU being the like the third best or having the third best defense um, in Division One. And, and oh, by the way, one of the years he was at ODU for two years, and one of those years uh, they won their conference title or their conference tournament championship, and ultimately made it to the NCAA um, round of 64. So again, Lonnie Blow, the head men's basketball coach at Virginia State, joining us today here on the program. Won't be any big game talk today on the program. 
What I do want to do, you know, this happens every year. Um, and obviously we get new listeners every year, not just every year, um, from week to week. And at one time, um, Box to Row was credentialed to the big game. At one time we were credentialed to the big game, 07, 08, 09. All of a sudden that changed. And I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I haven't quite gotten over it as when, when the Super Bowl week sort of comes around. It's a situation where, you know, you, you look at, you listen to radio and you, you look at a lot of these talk shows that are doing shows live from Radio Rowan. That's where we were once upon a time. As a matter of fact, uh, 10 years ago, uh, 10 years ago to the day, we were covering, uh, the Super Bowl, uh, 43 in Tampa. We were not only on Radio Row, but at the game. And then all of a sudden, Something changed along the way with the national foot, the relationship between the National Football League and then our parent company, uh, DW Communications. And I want to talk a little bit about that to kind of bring you guys up to speed to kind of let you know, because, you know, I mean, you know, again, I see the all of the uh, uh, the the various uh, uh, entities that are on Radio Road that cover. And I know that not only were we there once upon a time. We should be there currently. It's no question about that. I, I And what sort of brought me back to this, uh, there's an entity called Barstool who um, a couple of the guys were at what used to be called um, Media Day. It used to be on Tuesdays, and now it's on Monday. It's called something else now. But they had fake credentials. These guys had fake credentials and were able to get in and ask a bunch of questions. And so, you know, it sort of brought all of this stuff back up. Um, I, 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 as, as the, as the years kind of go on, cause it's been obviously 10 years since we've covered the Super Bowl, since we were on radio row, a lot of conflicting, uh, points of view from us and the national football league. They, the meaning the national football league, uh, gave us a reason as to why we weren't credentialed anymore, but the reasons were conflicting. They were a couple of different reasons. Uh, a lot of them really didn't make sense because when you look at other entities, th- th- a lot of the other entities, while they may be bigger and more well-known entities, a lot of how they are able to cover the Super Bowl falls under the same guidelines as us. We're just a smaller entity. So the National Football League, as it always has, um, it discriminates at the end of the day. So I want to share more of my thoughts on that particular situation here on the program your participation and thoughts always welcomed here on from the press box to press row hit me up via twitter at box to row b-o-x-t-o-r-o-w and on instagram b-o-x-t-o-r-o-w or on facebook b-o-x the number two r-o-w thank you to those listening to us on all of our great affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row i mean affiliates that come to mind k-t-t-p out of Alexandria, Louisiana, carries the program. Also going all the way down to the Delta out of uh, Ida Baina, Mississippi, Greenwood, Mississippi, in that area on WVSD. Carries the program, has been carrying the program for a number of years. I mean, just so many great stations across the country that carry from the press box to press row. Those that listen to us on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142 great partnership 
um, with Sirius XM channels 141 and 142. Of course, 141 HUR Voices and 142 HBCU. Of course, thank you to those listening to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. You know, speaking of the CIAA in Virginia State again, uh, joining us a little bit later on in the program is going to be Virginia State head men's basketball coach Lonnie Blow as the Trojans absolutely wrecking shop in the CIAA. Uh, there's a young man. I, I don't think we've talked about him on the show this year. There's a young man that plays at Shaw University right here in Raleigh by the name of Amir Hinton. And, I, I you know, this is the thing. He is, amongst all of the HBCUs that play basketball, he is the most talked about player amongst all the HBCUs. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I you know, the, the thing about him, and I have, I'm very fortunate. I, I, I'm very fortunate in this, uh, in the position that I'm in, because at the end of the day, and like I was talking about the big game, alluding to the big game a little bit, the big game is a big deal to me from the respect of where we are, uh, if you will, in a in a in, in in some of the things that we've been able to accomplish. Um, at the end of the day, we're all about we're about not all, but we're about a lot of what we do in this program is about HBCUs and HBCU sports. But then you also know that we do a lot with pro sports. And by the way, speaking of pro sports, Nate McMillan, the uh, Indiana Pacers coach, going to join us next week on the program. But do a lot with pro sports, uh, do a lot, matter of fact, with uh, interviews with some some celebrities. And we've done that for a number of different years. But at the end of the day, listen, you know, just a great position to be able to host this program each and every week and bring this program to you and having brought this program to you for in excess of 13 and a half years. Um, And then also to be able to be the play by play voice for A&T football. It's 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 huge to be able to be the play-by-play voice for the two-time defending uh, HBCU national champions, but also to be the play-by-play voice for Shaw basketball. So that means that pretty much every week I have a front row seat to see this young man, Amir Hinton, play. And I'm going to tell you what, he's the absolute truth. I mean, there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of really good players, um, you know, that come to mind. I mean, uh, the, 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 the Merrow kid out of Hampton, you got uh, Markevious McKnight out of Arkansas Pine Bluff, who, by the way, is the Box to Row National Player of the Week, along with Sicoria Foy of North Carolina A&T, our two Box to Row National Players of the Week. Um this this young man is is special. I'd been hearing a lot before we, we really started broadcasting games. We didn't broadcast any games at Shaw um, in 2018, and we started the top of the season. So I, you know, just being so busy, hadn't really got a chance to get over there to see Shaw play prior to 2019. Um, so I'd been hearing a lot about Amir Hinton. Um, had a chance to see him play at Shawan and see Shaw play, called that game, as a matter of fact, at Shawan back on January the 3rd. And I was like, yeah, you know, he, he definitely can play. But the more that I've seen him play, this kid is absolutely spectacular. Now, uh, just for a little background, the easy comparison is going to be to Flip Murray that played at Shaw. Why? Because they both played at Shaw and they both are from Philadelphia. Um, uh, and I, I, I don't, 
you know, it's it, it, they're 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 sort of different players, really. Flip not as big um, as Amir Hinton. Um, I think uh, I think Flip was a lot quicker um, than Amir Hinton is. But I mean, in his own respect, I mean, he's he's not Flip. He's a but he's a really 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 good player, definitely worthy of NBA consideration. As a matter of fact, scouts from the Brooklyn Nets and Golden State Warriors were in the building as uh, Shaw defeated Fayetteville State on Wednesday. This kid goes to the line about 14 times a game. Yeah, you heard me. 14 times a game is James Harden-like. As a matter of fact, in one game, uh, I believe it was the game against Bowie State a couple of weeks ago, he shot 32 free throws, 32 free throws in one basketball game. So he's definitely uh, legitimate and um and can really play and i'd invite you to um go to the go you can either go online at shawbears.com and watch the games um when shaw is playing this kid is absolutely legit we got more to come as from the press box to press row rolls on mommy where are we going to the grocery store honey Oh, goody, Mommy. Can we buy an original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky? Of what? An original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky. It's really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I couldn't help myself, and I ate it all, and I was hoping that you could, like, help me replace it before he comes home from work. Why would you eat all of Dad's beef jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's beef jerky is so good, and Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we had better buy two bags to avoid this from happening again. Thanks, Mom. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. You can also purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com or call them toll free 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. The old renaissance is the new renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Brought to you by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Visit them at HarlemBeerNC.com. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and pimps, listen. One, two, oh, what shall I do? I'm slipping on my khaki Jay Joyner is in his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T. The Aggies are on a roll, 11-9 on the season, undefeated in conference play. And for North Carolina A&T winners of its last seven games, as Jay Joyner joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Joyner, welcome back to the program. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you. How pleased are you with the way that your team is playing at this point? Well, you know what's going to be funny? You're not pleased. Um, <laughs> I'm not totally pleased, but, you know, we are um, undefeated in conference play. Uh, you know, that's a great accomplishment, but, you know, we still got to get better. You know, um, we're still not doing things um, the way we need to do it for 40 minutes, so I'm going to continue to coach the right way. 
Yeah, what, what are some of the things you're not pleased with in terms of what this team is doing? Uh, well, you know, rebounding has been um, an area where, you know, out the gate we struggled with. So, you know, i got to continue to harp on that. Um, teams out-rebound us almost every night. But um, this group of young men have found a way to win, though. Um, but definitely rebounding. Yeah, let, let me take you back to last Saturday in the victory in Durham over North Carolina Central. Talk about that game. Your team, of course, winning that game 52-49, to 49, a low-scoring contest that you eke out on the road. Well, um, anytime you can get a win, um, it's always a good win. Um, never mind on the road, you know. Um, we've been able to go on the road and win several games in conference. Um, you know, a lot of people put, a lot of stock into, you know, the rivalry game against Central. Um, and I tell my young men, hey, we're going to prepare the same way that we prepare for everybody else. And um, to their credit, you know, it was ugly, but we got we got, um, got it done. Yeah, you definitely got it done. You know, what was the key? What was sort of the, the key in that game that led you to the victory over the Eagles? Well, I thought it was a sloppy game, um, both teams. Um, and uh, we made uh, less mistakes than they did. You know, that's really what it came down to. Um, you know, uh, I believe they had 17, 18 turnovers. Um, but we turned the ball over in the second half to a point where it was so frustrating. You know, we go to the locker room, 11 assists, three three turnovers at halftime, and then it totally flips in the second half. You know, we have three assists, 11 turnovers. And you just can't um, continue to win that way. So, you know, um, just really talking to these young men, getting them to understand that, you know, um, there's always room for improvement. Jay Joyner in his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Have you, do you, have you put two years ago when you, when your squad won the, the one division one game against, I was against Central as a matter of fact, sort of out of, out of your mind, or do you sort of still remember that, maybe use that as motivation for these young men moving forward? No, not really. Um, you know, that year, you know, was tough you know it, it would be tough on anybody coaching you know but if you've been around the game long enough you know you experience the highs you experience the lows you know um but as a coach you know I, I knew i was capable of getting the job done um i'm just very fortunate to have a chancellor chancellor martin and an athletic director earl hilton that stood by me and um you know two years later um you know we have this program moving in the right direction yeah, I, I'm not going to harp on it. I just want to kind of get your thoughts. I mean, how, how difficult, uh, uh, not only a year, but a time was that uh, uh, for you? Or did you realize, hey, uh, you know, everybody needs to be patient. We're building. We're going to build something here. Well, that was <laughs> that was the initial conversation. But, you know, no one could ever imagine, you know, <laughs> that type of, you know, season. And um, I, I don't wish that on anyone. But. That's a long time ago. Uh, you know, my job right now is to keep these young men focused on the task at hand. And, um, you know, we're in the month of February, um, Saturday, and we have to um, continue to get better because the rest of the conference is getting better as well. So, you know, nobody wants to know or hear about what we did in January. You know, come Saturday uh, when we play Florida A&M, it's going to be a new month. And, you know, um, in our huddle. You know, I challenge the guys to let's be better in February than we were in January. 
and they're looking at me like I'm crazy, like, Coach, we're in 6-0, but it's not about 6-0, all right? I mean, there were several games that um, could have gone, you know, in another direction. Um, but, like I said, I've been on both sides. I've been on one side where the ball didn't bounce away, and you take an L, and, you know, um, I've been on the side where the ball did bounce my way, and we walked away with, you know, several W's this year. And um, we have talent, and I'm just going to continue to harp um, on playing the right way. And until, you know, this team meets my satisfaction in terms of playing the right way, you know, you're going to hear me screaming and yelling until the end of the season. Yeah, no, definitely not resting on your laurels at, as, as, in terms of being undefeated in conference play. Jay Joyner, the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T, joins us here on the program. Some of the personnel, you know, can you speak to some of the personnel who's playing well, maybe even beginning with Cameron Langley, who is the sort of the cog that make, makes things go? Yes, um, Cameron Langley, you know, he's, he's the floor general. You know, when he's playing well, the team usually plays well. You know, um, he's definitely a facilitator first, type point guard. And, um, you know, I can't say enough about the young man. Um, you know, I, I expect a lot out of him. You know, um, I'll probably get on him the hardest out of everybody. But, you know, he's definitely the floor general for us. And then some of the other guys that are playing well for you. Uh, well, Ronald Jackson's starting to come on. You know, um, I knew we signed a really good young man in Ronald Jackson you know, coming out of JUCO, um, but it took him some time to get acclimated to Division One basketball, and um, he's getting, you know, he's playing well at the right time, you know, especially during conference time. Um, big Eve Siler, you know, he's um, he's a dominant force, you know, when he comes ready to play. Um, he didn't play against Central because, you know, he had strep, strep throat and the flu. Pretty much had to keep him away from um, the team so the entire team wouldn't become contaminated. Um, Aaron Edmead's a quick point guard for us. You know, he changes the tempo. Um, Quay Copeland, you know, he can get going uh, when he's on. Terry Harris, you know, uh, we, we won several games this year um, with different people stepping up. So that's the luxury when you have some depth, I guess. And then lastly, Coach Joyner, we appreciate the time. A tough road trip coming up uh, at Florida A&M on Saturday, at Bethune-Cookman on Monday, the Florida road trip. So can you speak to some of the challenges that uh, Florida A&M presents and what you're going to have to do to be able to leave Tallahassee with the victory? Well, um, Florida A&M is playing really good basketball. You know, they're 5-2 and two in conference, um, and, um, you know, you're exactly right. The Florida trip is going to be a tough challenge for us, but, you know, we've gone on the road and won in some um, tough environments, and um, this road trip will be no different. You know, um, we know who they are. They know who we are, and um, we just got to take it one game at a time. Jay Joyner, in his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T, joins us here on From the Press Box. The press for the Aggies going to take on Florida A&M in Tallahassee on Saturday. Coach Joyner, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Aggies. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. You got it, Coach. Jay Joyner joining us here on the program. And the Aggies are on a roll right up there with Norfolk State in terms of the only undefeated teams in MEAC play. I want to get back to this big game talk. I got about three minutes in this segment. And, again, so getting back to – um this in 2007 2008 and 2009 
Um, Boxster Row was credentialed to the big game. In 2007 was our first year with Super Bowl 41 in Miami. We were credentialed uh, on Radio Row. It, it was phenomenal. It was there every day at the convention center there in Miami Beach and just uh, kind of get a lay of the land of, uh, and just how things operate. And then ultimately um, that year, um, broadcast the show, live show on Saturday from Radio Row. Next year, same deal, Radio Row only. Uh, it was great. I didn't go personally, but we did a live show on that Saturday. A, 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 a brother by the name of Omar Bashir hosted the show for us, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Go to 2009, the year after 2008, and... It, I, you know, I, I received the credential request. You, you put these credential requests in like right after Thanksgiving and they generally come back maybe sometime before Christmas. And I had to do a double take because it said not only were we credentialed to cover the big, the, uh, the, uh, to be on Radio Row, but we were also credentialed to cover the big game. I had to look at this thing twice. I really couldn't believe it. Um, got down there. That was Super Bowl 43. It was in Tampa, uh, got down there uh, the week of. I had to do a double check. I had to make sure. Now, you 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 have us credentialed for the big game, right? Sure did. It's a great, great game. Steelers won that game over the Cardinals. Something happened between that time and 2010. 2010, the Pro Bowl was in Orlando that year, putting credentials for the Pro Bowl and the big game. Uh, credential request Denied, And I just I couldn't understand what was going on. I was getting conflicting reports. They were saying, well, you know, if an organization, and of course, Boxster Row is uh, is a subsidiary of DW Communications LLC. And what the league was saying was that organizations, meaning in this case, DW Communications could not request credentials for a radio program radio station i'm still not clear because remember the previous three years the request was made under dw communications and the request was granted i asked to i asked is it was there some kind of in writing where it shows that this was a change in how things were done Never got any response from it. And it's been like that every single year since then. It is very disappointing. Um, and that's why I'm sort of talking to you about it, because I feel like we but we're you know, we belong with anybody um, up there that you can name. We're, we should be able to be right there with a lot of these other entities that are able to broadcast from Radio Row. And it's very disappointing. And that's why I don't really talk much about the big game. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press for Virginia State head men's basketball coach Lonnie Blow. Let's keep things moving here on From the Press Box to Press for the Virginia State Trojans are nationally ranked in their 18 and 3 on the season. Of course, they're going to be playing against Livingstone or excuse me, against Lincoln of Pennsylvania on Saturday in his 6th season as the head men's basketball coach at Virginia State is Lonnie Blow. As he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Coach Blow, welcome back to the program. 
Thanks, man. Happy to be here. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I mean, you've just done a tremendous job with this program going back a couple of years ago to winning that CIAA tournament championship, which, of course, made you the only coach in CIAA history to win a, a tournament championship with two different teams. Just want to kind of get your thoughts on the way your team is playing right now. You guys have won 14 straight ball games. Uh, yeah, we have. Um, I think we're playing well. I think we're playing well. Guys have, you know, kind of begin to understand their roles and understand how we want to play. Um, so, you know, we've been getting better. Our defense is getting a little better. And I think, uh, you know, we've gotten better over the last few weeks. And um, I think we've got a chance to get even better. So that's a, that's that's always a good thing. You know, when I look at where you are in terms of uh, defensive field goal percentage from three-point range, it's outstanding. I mean, it's it, it clearly leads the CIAA. It's got to be one of the top in all of Division Two. I, I know you'd like for your team to be a little bit better from a from a statistical standpoint overall defensive-wise, yeah. but, but speak to, to the defense. That's something you've always implemented everywhere you've been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things that, you know, you just think defense. We talk to our guys all the time about defense is something that travels, man. Defense is something that that should be consistent, you know, with the effort and the, and, and the intensity and efforts there. So, you know, sometimes offensively you're going to have good nights, bad nights. You know, sometimes shots are going to go in, sometimes they're not. But defense is one of those things that I think you can kind of, if you hang your hat on that, that you have a chance of being a little bit more consistent. And, uh, you know, for us, defense and rebounding is kind of, you know, what we focus on. And, you know, offensively, you know, we got a lot of guys who can score the ball. So I think, you know, if we can just, you know, continue to improve on the defensive end of the floor and, and rebound the ball at a high level, you know, I think we got a chance of, again, improving as the season gets coming down the home stretch as well. Let me let me ask you this. Have you, you know, I know I know it was last year and, and ultimately you avenged the loss against Virginia Union in the regional. But have you have you gotten over that loss to to Virginia Union, your arch rival in the CIAA tournament on last year? Yeah, yeah, I have a long time ago. It's, it's just one of those nights we didn't play well. Uh, you know, one of those bad nights. And unfortunately, it was in the semifinals of the CIAA tournament. And, um, you know, it was just one of those nights that we just had a really bad night. And they played really well. And, you know, they beat us pretty good down there. And then a week later, uh, we play at our place in the uh, NCAA tournament. And uh, we play better. We kind of play our style of play a little bit and, and play much better and ended up beating them in the first round of the NCAA tournament. But that was a tough loss, you know, losing. Uh, we beat them you know, a couple of times during the regular season and uh, losing to them in the tournament. But, you know, they were ready to play. They played well, and we didn't. So that's how it goes. Sure. No, 25-5 and five, uh, on last year and making it to the regional semifinals. So how, how much is this team um, like last year? I mean, I know it's a lot of the same personnel, but how much in terms of style, philosophy, et cetera, is it like last year's team? Uh, Yeah, you know, I guess yes and no. Um, this year's team, I think, is you know has, is a little better offensively. Um, you know, last year's team, we got a lot of guys back from last year's team, but you know we had about seven or eight newcomers to this year's group. So um, I, I think as the season has gone on, those guys have kind of you know grasped the system and kind of picked up on you know how we want to play and, and things like that. And so that's what's really helped this team get better. But I think that um, you know this year's team um, you know has a little more firepower offensively. We 
depending on Richard Granberry a lot inside last year and uh, and this year we have a you know, few other big guys. We don't have to depend on one. We you know we have several big guys that are, you know, capable of having big nights. And I think our guard plays better as well. I think our guard plays better than it was last year. So, uh, but it's a little different. You know, last year's team, you know, was a really good defensive team, and uh, we kind of played our style of basketball. But this year's team, again, um, a little better uh, inside and outside. I think has more depth than last year's team had. Yeah. Lonnie Blow in his sixth season as the head men's basketball coach at Virginia State joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Trojans are hosting Lincoln of Pennsylvania uh, on Saturday. Let's talk personnel, Coach Blow. I mean, if I look at the numbers, Jameer Howes, you know, uh, the Melvin kid, Brandon Holly. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys are scoring. And then it's, it's, it's a balanced scoring situation. So talk about, you know, some of these guys and just uh, how you're, you are a balanced scoring team. Yeah, we're really balanced. That's what I think is 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 um, you know makes us kind of hard to handle because you can't really focus in on one or two guys. Um, you know, I think that any given night, if you know somebody's not going, somebody else is going. You know, it's kind of one of those deals to where you can't really focus in on one guy. If you do, you're gonna you know give up stuff to other guys. And so I think that our our, our balance and our depth is really good. Uh, Jameer House is, you know, he's a transfer, has come in and having a really good year. He's Really, skill kid, skill kid can score inside, outside. Um, it's just hard to handle because he's such a such a skilled finesse kind of post player. Um, and Ciante Melvin's really having a heck of a year. Ciante has been, you know, obviously, you know, for my money, he's been one of the best defensive players in the conference for the last few years. He never wins the award because the award always goes to a shot blocker. But you can ask you ask ask any guards or wings around the league who they do not want guarding them. <laughs> I'm sure they'll tell you it's Deontay Melvin. He reminds me a lot. It's just his mentality. You know, he reminds me a lot of uh, the kid kid I coached at at, at Old Dominion, uh, Kit Bazemore, who plays for the Hawks now. Same kind of defensive defensive minded guy, but Deontay's really uh, improved his offense. I mean, he's, he's he's shooting the ball much better. He's getting to the basket. He's offensive rebounding. He's making plays for his teammates. I think he's really had a heck of a year for us. And uh, you know, he's one of our one of our more experienced guys with with Walter Williams getting hurt early in the year. So Siante's really come on and gave us some leadership and some firepower on the offensive end. And he's really playing well also. And Brandon Holly is just. You know, he's he's a really good three point shooter, but he's improved his game also. We challenged them to if you want to play more minutes you gotta defend. And Brandon's turned himself into not just a catch and shoot three point shooter, but a pretty good basketball player because he's you know, he's defending the ball and, and, and handling the ball more and doing little things and so he's kinda turned himself from a shooter to a basketball player. You know, as you've been in these regionals a couple of times, uh, you know, with Virginia State and then also with St. Augs, you, you understand the the landscape of, of Division Two basketball and really what it takes to, to excel in the regional and then move on. With that said, do you feel like you have a national championship kind of team? Uh, well, that's tough to say right now. That's tough to say. I think we, I think we got a team that can can definitely, you know, have a really good run at it. But you know, I think the thing, if you look at the way it's set up for Division Two, um, you kind of got to take it in segments. It's one of those deals to where if you make it to the NCAA tournament, you're fortunate enough to make it there. Uh, you got to try to win that region. You know what I mean? If you can win those three games and you know get that regional championship behind you and get get to the Elite Eight. Then, then it, anything can happen. 
you know what I mean, once you get to the Elite Eight. So uh, it's one of those deals where you got to kind of take the first part of it first, that, that uh, regional regional deal. But, you know, been to the NCAA, you know, three times, one at St. Aug and, and, and two um, here at Virginia State. And we won the first first game every time. So we've advanced to the round of 32. And, um, you know, now we're kind of looking forward to getting past that and, you know, getting to a regional championship and, win, and, and winning that and then hopefully getting to an Elite Eight and, you never know once you get there. Yeah. Of course, Lonnie Blow, the head men's basketball coach at Virginia State, joins us here on the program. I know you don't have Shaw until Wednesday, but I want to ask you about uh, Amir Hinton. I don't know how much you've been able to see uh, of him, but I, I want to get yeah. your thoughts on him. Uh, we recruited him. Kid, we were recruiting. We recruited him pretty hard. You know, trying to get a chance to you know get him to be a Trojan. Uh, but he's a good player, man. He can really score the ball, man. He makes it look so easy out there. You know, he can do so many things. He can shoot the three, get to the basket. Uh, he's shooting a lot of free throws. You know, he's getting to the free throw line a lot. Probably, I don't know, he's probably leading the league in free throw attempts, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he is a he's a really good player, man. And I think he's going to have a chance to play at the next level because he's just so skilled. You know, he can do everything on the court. Um, so he's a... He's, he's a He's a tough matchup. You know, he's a tough guard, and you will have to – takes a lot of shots, so, you know, you're going to have to make sure you pay attention to him. And um, another kid who can pass the ball as well. I mean, you know, he takes a lot of shots, but he, you know, is capable of creating for his teammates, and when guys load up on him, you know, he finds his teammates and easy opportunities for those guys. So um, he's a handful, so we're going to have our hands full trying to deal with him. No, no question about it. Last thought, uh, and just briefly going back to something you said, I, I had no idea, but I guess I should have known you you had a hand in in Kent Bazemore and, and what he's able to do uh, out there. I mean, that kid, you know, he's, he's a good he's a good player. Had him on the show maybe a couple of years ago uh, or so. But everywhere you've been, you have had success at the high school level at St. Augustine's, now at um, at, at at Virginia State, and then two uh, separate stints um, at ODU as an assistant coach. How are you enjoying your time now at Virginia State? You guys, get, I mean, it's almost like an embarrassment of riches there at Virginia State. You already had a really good gym. Now you you, you have the multi-purpose center. Like, how are you enjoying your time? You know, at Virginia State. Um, enjoying it a lot, man. You know, you know, Donald. It's like um, you know, it just kind of gives us a chance to 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 co- compete. You know, you look at the you look at the new arena and the success we've had the last few years. If, has really helped us recruiting wise and you know a lot of kids want to come to Virginia State um, you know they hear about the academics at our school and and all the good things going on you know around our campus and uh, our new facility obviously when you bring recruits in and you show them around our, our facility we you know we got some good stuff going on and a lot of kids who you know have some division one feelers and some division one kids looking at them you know once we can kind of show them you know, show them our campus and show them, you know, uh, our arena, locker rooms and stuff like that. Um, we may not get them, but I think we got a shot. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, obviously most of these kids want to go to Division One. Division One's their dream. And if they can get into any Division One program, they're, they're, they're probably going to take it. But it gives us a chance to get, you know, some of those kids who are, you know, borderline Division One, Division Two, who might be thinking Division One. Once they see our facilities and stuff, they're like, wow, this is kind of some Division One stuff right here. So it gives us a chance, and it really helps us recruiting. Lonnie Blow in his sixth season as the head men's basketball coach at Virginia State, joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row, the Trojans in action at home 
on Saturday hosting Lincoln of Pennsylvania. Coach Blow, we appreciate the time and continued success in all you do. Appreciate it, Donald. Thanks a lot, man. Anytime, man. Appreciate all you do as well. Lonnie Blow is an outstanding college basketball coach. Has done a tremendous job everywhere he's been, even on the high school level prior to coming to St. Augustine's and had some success as an assistant coach at ODU on two different occasions. Up next, talking NBA with Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media. The radio program that's talking sports from New York City to Cali and globally on the World Wide Web. From the press box to press row continues after this. Mommy, where are we going? To the grocery store, honey. Oh, goody, Mommy. Can we buy an original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky? Of what? An original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky. It's really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I couldn't help myself, and I ate it all, and I was hoping that you could, like, help me replace it before he comes home from work. Why would you eat all of Dad's beef jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's beef jerky is so good, and Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we had better buy two bags to avoid this from happening again. Thanks, Mom. Marjorie's beef jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. You can also purchase Marjorie's beef jerky online at marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's marjoriesbeefjerky.com, or call them toll-free, 844-340-7600. One three. Marjorie's beef jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train. With our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood originally. Brought to you by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Visit them at HarlemBeerNC.com. Doesn't matter what your sport, he talks your language. It's Delaware. From the press box to press row, it's time to talk the talk. With those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Let's talk some NBA here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And to do that, the gentleman on the line, no stranger to the program, he's the senior editor of Grind City Media. And he's been grinding it out down there in Memphis. Mike Wallace joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. What's going on, Mike? Hey, what's going on, D man? And uh, you know, I don't know if we had a chance to catch up before the new year turned. So I, I know it's a belated happy new year. We're in the February at this point, but man, it's all good. Glad to be on with you. Yeah, man. Uh, happy New Year to you as well. I want to start uh, a couple of things we got to really get to, and some really good things that the Memphis Grizzlies are doing for Black History Month as well, which we're going to get to um, also. But I want to get your thoughts first of all on the Porzingis trade to the Mavericks for Dennis Smith Jr. and some other, you know, pieces, DeAndre Jordan, et cetera, uh, goes to the Knicks. Just kind of y- your thoughts on the, on that trade. 
man, I was shocked. I mean, I'm, I'm completely surprised. You know, I, I travel obviously with the, uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies and, you know, Grind City Media, uh, uh, covers the Grizzlies, but we also cover the NBA. So I was on the team plane actually, um, on the Wi-Fi on the plane coming on a road trip when it, when it, when it broke. And, you know, I mean, to say that as each player on the, and any coach and everybody on the, on the train, on the plane saw it, uh, we all sort of had the same reaction. And that's like, wow, it, this happened so stunningly quick. It went from Porzingis meeting with the team, you know, in the morning and, and saying, look, I want to know what direction this thing is headed into. By the evening or the afternoon, he was headed to Dallas. And, and that's a blockbuster, as big of a blockbuster as you can, can get uh, in terms of a top five or top, you know, big-time lottery pick. Uh, who was the cornerstone of that franchise building efforts just, you know, last week, uh, to being alongside Luka Doncic, um, in, in a Dallas situation now where they can have number one, the number one and number two European connection going forward. And it just shook up the league, man, because now the Knicks get their way and get their money shaved off the salary cap and, and the guys that they brought back are all on expiring contracts. So those guys will, will either be moved on immediately and bought out of the final year of their deal, um, or even if they stay, they're playing out the final season of contract that will allow the Knicks to have two max salary slots where they can go legitimately recruit a Kawhi Leonard and, not or, and a Kevin Durant and see, hey, do you guys want to come play in New York together? So it's going to be attractive for, for New York to go do that. Um, and Dallas certainly gets his building blocks moving forward, too. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And, move, and to your point with the Knicks moving forward, which still, I mean, I, you know, D- Dennis Smith is a, re- he's a good player. That guy's a good player. And, and But to your point, I think it's a really good move for the Mavericks with, of course, Porzingis. When, you know, when is, is Porzingis ex- expected to sort of be ready to rock and roll, ready to play? Well, you know, he's, this is the, uh, he's probably going to miss this full season uh, as he recovers from the, uh, the ACL knee tear, they really, really took their time in terms of getting them back. They didn't want to rush them back. But it, it, the, the time frame now sort of is different because the Knicks were, were beneficial for keeping them sidelined because they wanted to stack up and get as high in this draft lottery process as possible this year. So there was really no incentive to rush Porzingis back. The Dallas Mavericks, on the other hand, are a team that's pushing to try to make the playoffs this year. So if Porzingis is able to do something on the court, it can only be a bonus because they need him as soon as they can get him. Now, if he's ready to come back, he's going to step right in uh, at that power forward center position or whatever um, alongside Luka Doncic, and they still have some pieces there. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. in that backcourt with Luka, that's going to be a formidable backcourt. And then when you look at, you know, a Porzingis and a Harrison Barnes, um, they still have some pieces there. So Dallas is trying to make a play for it for right now. And they're trying to make a play for it moving forward too into the future. So I think if, if, uh, and, and again, Porzingis still has another year, uh, next season on his contract before he can become a restricted free agent. So Dallas has some leverage and some time to make this thing work. Talking NBA with Mike Ma- Wallace, the senior editor of Grind City Media, as he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The other big deal, Mike, is Anthony Davis. I mean, for me, you know, I, I, it, it's, it always seems like the smaller markets get screwed. And in this case, you know, you got Anthony Davis once out uh, of, of of New Orleans. You know, and, and, and as a matter of fact, recently the, the Pelicans and the Lakers have talked. So where are things here or where do we stand right now? And then ultimately, what do you think happens? 
you know, I, it's 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 a stalemate situation, and it's unfortunate, man, because I had a chance, and I wrote about this, uh, to go sit down with Anthony Davis and spend three days around him, you know, soon after he committed to that most recent extension. And he did that after the stroke of midnight going into free agency, and he made it clear, look, I don't need a press conference, I don't need a celebration, I don't need any theatrics or dr- dramatics. I'm just going to go ahead and let people know that I want to be in New Orleans and I love being here in the city and playing for this franchise. You know, but that was three, four years ago now. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where the, the Pelicans did their part too. They made trades. They swung, you know, deep for Boogie Cousins at the All-Star break a couple years ago. He got hurt. You know, they, they've made some moves last season to get, you know, Miritich and some other players and develop True Holiday and, and all of those kind of guys. And, and it just hasn't worked. So both sides did everything they could. Anthony Davis has given them seven years. And when a player gets to a point where he can finally explore free agency for the first time, for the first real time, I can't fault a player for wanting to do that. No organization should hold uh, a player forever without that player ever having an opportunity to go somewhere where he feels his best. Anthony Davis has done everything he could. It's just unfortunate. Like I saw that uh, a piece where they took him out of the uh, pregame introduction video, although he's still sitting on the bench and still showing up for practices and helping the team out. Um, that that seems to get a little bit petty, and you don't want it to get ugly. Ultimately, this all signs point to him going to the Los Angeles Lakers. Anybody that trades for Anthony Davis before then knows that they're probably only going to get a year out of him at best. But, hey, it's been done before. Kawhi Leonard made it clear where he wanted to go, and the Spurs sent him to Toronto. And Toronto felt like they had the structure and the, and the culture and the winning pedigree uh, to put him in a good situation. And now Toronto's the number one team in the East. So they still have to, you know, you know, they they have this time to really, really recruit Kawhi from the inside. And if he if they win a championship, I'm sure Kawhi is going to really look at staying there too. So that's what probably is going to happen with Davis. But I don't know if a team is going to be strong-willed enough to take that risk, sending back assets and not getting anything for him potentially uh, in return as you move down the line. Of course, the Grizzlies. We'll switch gears a bit and talk about the Grizzlies currently uh, on uh, on the road. Where, where, what's going on? The Grizzlies, you know, twelve games under under five hundred at this point. What, what's going on with the Grizzlies right now? It's, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those seasons, man, that went sideways quickly. And, and I can't say it was because of injuries. It wasn't really that. I mean, Mike Conley and Marcus All uh, have remained relatively healthy. I mean, Mike Conley's only missed one game. Marcus All's only missed one, I believe, uh, so far. And it, it's, it's been the supporting cast really hadn't worked out. You know, you brought in some mid-career veterans. Uh, who's been who've been sort of up and down, you know, the Garrett Temples, the Shelvin Max, you know, the Omri Caspies, those kind of guys. Um, you know, you're trying to develop around Jaron Jackson Jr., who's going to be a talent in this league for some years to come. But for whatever reason, man, you know, the, the combination of being in the West, um, you know, the combination of, 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 you know, not really having a lethal offense to keep you available to play in games, um, you can only do so much with defense and grit and grind and heart and hustle. At some point, you got to have some skill to drop the ball in the basket a little more frequently. And right now, they just hit a rough, rough stretch, man, losing 17 out of 20 at one point. And that pretty much takes you out of the mix in the West. And uh, now you're just looking to see what you could do if you need to do anything at the trade deadline or maybe look at shaking it up in the offseason. Mike Wallace, the senior editor of Grind City Media, joins us here on the program. You can follow him on Twitter at my Mike check also check out his work at grindcitymedia.com so of course Mike you're an, a, a Grambling graduate and 
I mean, and I think a lot of this is because of you. I know you won't say this, but I will. A lot of this is because of you, man. The Memphis Grizzlies doing a lot with respect to HBCUs. So for Black History Month upcoming, kind of kind of speak to what the Grizzlies have going on. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm proud to say that, you know, you've helped out in that too, man, from the press box to press row, uh, have, have allowed us to, you know, continue to do with something that we started years and years ago, man, when we first broke into this business. And that's shine a light on HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, and not just the football and the culture, but everything about it. And, uh, you know, the Grizzlies are going to use Black History Month. This the month of February. We got six home games, and we're going to celebrate and honor uh, a, a person from the community, an HBCU grad, who are doing things, big things in the community, whether it's uh, community service, whether it's helping uh, youth in education, uh, whether whatever it's doing, something that stands out in the community. So we're going to honor and recognize an HBCU alum uh, at each of our six home games in the month of February. And we're going to have an HBCU night on February 22nd when we play uh, a home game against the Los Angeles Clippers. And the Grizzlies are going to donate $1,000 to each HBCU represented by the honoree. Uh, we're going to donate a thousand dollars to the scholarship funds of that HBCU. So I already know, you know, there's a, there's obviously a Tennessee State, there's a Morehouse, uh, there's a Jackson State, um, you know, uh, there, you know, a couple other others in there as well. And we're going to definitely uh, look forward to doing that each and every single night. So Metro PCS and their partners and our partners have uh, partnered up with us to be able to do that. And we're just looking forward to being able to celebrate and spread awareness and uh, about HBCU culture and the impact that it's had on our communities, man. Do I need to find someone for you from Morgan State University, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, look, this is the first of many, man. I think I think we're going to do this every year, and I think it's only going to get bigger and better uh, and more impactful. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's, it's something that, yeah, I'm, I'm sure before it's all said and done, we're going to have all of our – our, our HBCUs represented one way or another when we do this. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful thing what the Memphis Grizzlies are doing in part because of our guest, of course, the senior editor of Grind City Media. He is Mike Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at my Mike Check. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Mike, great to catch up with you, man. We'll talk with you real soon. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it, D. Mike Wallace of Grind City Media, I Gotta Run. Thank you to Mike Wallace. Also, Lonnie Blow, the head men's basketball coach at Virginia State, and Jay Joyner, the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T, for joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. Oh,